1: Matt Reid does join us now out of the UK. And, Matt, uh, first question for you. Have you been banned from Eric Ten Hag's press (laughs) conferences?
0: No. I I got pretty close um, with a uh, Sir Alex Ferguson one once when I asked a couple of impudent (laughs) questions. Um, But, no, I have not been banned from an Eric Ten Hag press conference. Uh, Although, you never know. It could could be on its way.
2: What what do you feel about this, uh, Matt? Like, these teams these uh, influential figures controlling the narrative when it suits them
0: it is it's really dangerous it's really really dangerous um th- there is a right of reply in certain circumstances um but what happens now with with internal media as exists um with uh, at manchester united at, at every um, sports brand that has social media and um, profiles then it means that the story uh can be kind con- destroyed um by having this uh this long form right of reply where the where the brand publishes the content themselves and you have your story taken away from you that in this instance instance the journalists are absolutely within their rights if they have information they have a story to run they get that story they get that story verified and they get it backed up um you know with sources which they're happy with they then run the story and you know whilst they're doing that at the point of publishing they can ask the uh, ask the the brand they can ask the football club to respond um but uh, but giving them advance warning for, uh, for anything negative about the club to come out is um, ludicrous
2: well, there's plenty of negatives uh, in regards to Manchester United. Uh, I've been, you know, <laughs> yes. a, a fan from afar for a while now, and uh, look, I, the 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 calibre of coaches that they've had in the past has been pretty classy, considering. But they still haven't got the results. So, for you, is this a cultural cultural problem, a systemic problem in terms of Manchester United? Why they haven't been? getting the results you think of eric ten Hag when he was at ajax and uh ix sorry over in over in europe and the results he had there to go to manchester united and not get the similar results is there certain problems in the background
0: yeah, I, I don't want to go too deep into this i could talk about this for hours is he um but um <laughs> for, as far as i as far as i'm concerned uh, with uh, the, the successful football clubs especially football mm-hmm. clubs that are looking to rebuild um Successful football clubs are the ones that have a structure and have a shared messaging right from the very top. And the best football clubs, the most successful clubs, the ones that overachieve or the the ones that fulfil their to the absolute minimum. Um, other clubs that have a chief executive um, who backs the manager and and who have a, a structure, who have a senior board who back the manager, and all of them sing from the same hymn sheet, and all of them have a shared drive and passion, messaging and focus. What's it? What's in play? And, and this is what we what we've seen in recent years. at at minnows at tiny clubs like Brighton and like Brentford who are massively batting above their average. Brentford should be playing in League 1 or League 2 for goodness sake and they're a mid-table Premier League side and that's achieved because of the structure, because of the ownership and because of the manager them all being on the same page and the players knowing this and the agents who operate with them know this. There is a shared, there is a unity, there is a shared model. At Manchester United that doesn't exist. It just simply doesn't exist. There is there is uh, apathy from the very top. The reasons why managers can hang on for as long as they can typically is because as long as the share price isn't massively affected as long as the um as long as there aren't huge headlines coming out of the place constantly of negativity and as long as the results don't mean that, they, that the club looks like it's going to be missing out on all european competitions then nothing will change uh, and that and that apathy has created these problems at the club I'd, i'm i'm not blaming uh, eric ten hag for this i mean potentially eric ten hag um, is more suited um, because of his background at Ajax and with the area Divisi and the length of time that he'd been there and the structure that was around him. Potentially he does better with those smaller ego players, with having that huge support network, etc. But it's it's the structure at Manchester United which is the problem.
1: Do you think that structure is going to change when Jim Ratcliffe finally uh, agrees that 25% takeover?
0: I I think there's a... there's A lot of football football fans, a lot of Manchester United fans, should I say, are not uh, are not that excited about the takeover of Sir uh, Jim Ratcliffe because it will continue under the the the, uh, the, the overarching power and the uh, and the shareholding of the Glazer family. Um, however, uh, I if I were a Manchester United fan, I would be extremely excited about it. What the what the Glazers want is uh, more money to be coming into their pockets. That will happen with Glazer. What will happen with sorry with um, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's investment? But there will also be a focus. He's going in there because he wants to achieve some success. He wants this play thing. It will be something that he really wants to focus on and get right. And his eyes will be fully and firmly fixed on it, even though he isn't the big um, dominant power that exists at the club. It's only a part, a partial only partial um, share value. Um, I think it will really improve. I think it will massively improve. And I think he will essentially be um, the, uh, the king in waiting um, for them just as soon as uh, as soon as he can convince them, which might take a long time to uh, to let go of their shares.
1: Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. But yeah, they need to get the structure right because it's certainly behind the scenes is the problem. I see Tan Hag trying to, uh, you know, stamp his authority over to the Jaden Sancho situation. Uh, and I think that's kind of led to where we are now with uh, all these stories yes. coming out in the press. So let's talk about some of the games we've got on today. Because uh, for me, I look at this and i like, I can see some upsets today. I can see a Brighton team that's got ten players either suspended or injured losing at home to Brentford. They haven't been the Brighton we saw last year. I can see Agreed. Aston Villa upsetting Manchester City. It's at Villa Park. There's no Rodri, uh, Doku's under doubt, and there's no uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, they, they've been leaking goals, Manchester City. Those two games are, are are really interesting for me. And the new manager bounce will it affect Liverpool when they go to uh, take on Sheffield United at Bramwell Lane?
0: Well, if ever there was going to be a, a new manager who could who could create a bounce, it's Chris Wilder. Um Sheffield United are um, are two different teams um, at present, and and what's 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 happened under the uh, the previous managership with uh, with Paul Heckingbottom is that he's created he's ma- a, a huge success story there. Sheffield United should not have been promoted. Sheffield United were in all kinds of financial chaos. Sheffield United would probably be in administration now if they hadn't been promoted, and would probably have been sold. Um, He's, he's worked a miracle to get that group of players a group of ageing players and uh, unremarkable players to get them promoted he's then lost his two best his, his two best players because of the sales strategy at the club um, but the man who's coming in is somebody who is a, uh, a, a us against the world kind of manager in Chris Wilder and I, w- what I, I would suggest is that they wouldn't have lost they wouldn't have been spanked by a, a fellow um, relegation rival in Burnley this weekend if Chris Wilder had been in charge that's not to say Akin Bottom's not a good manager he certainly is um but wilder is better set with this group of players um maybe with this lack of flair that exists with this workmanlike kind of structure um he's he's the better make better guy to create some uh some um, some fight and some spirit it would be an enormous thing for him to come in and after a couple of days although he's been there behind the scenes for a few days um it would be an enormous thing for him to manage to uh, to turn over liverpool um but yeah don't rule it out um Liverpool are are leaking goals themselves at the moment. Uh, they're missing Joel Matip, who's one of their first choice centre backs, um, and uh, and a a really hard scrapping uh, Sheffield United team could cause them some problems. But I would be very surprised. I would still expect Liverpool to win.
2: Well, speaking of scrapping, how how much scrap did Luton Town have yesterday when they took on Arsenal? Obviously, Arsenal Declan Rice breaking the hearts of Luton Town. But you look at the stats. And Luton Town only had uh, six shots and four on target to be able to score three goals against where Arsenal had 23 shots on goal and made a hell of a game of it.
0: Yeah, it was it was a great game. There have been so many good games this season. I think it's uh, been the best start to a Premier League ca- um, campaign that I can remember for a, for a very, very long time with so many uh, two threes, three fours, et cetera. Um, Funny thing with it, it was that 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 goal that won it from Declan Rice was a Luton type goal when a ball played in this ball swung into the box. Um, Rice, Rice leaping like a salmon and guiding the header in, uh, inside the back stick. Um, and that's what two of the goals that had been scored, um, by Luton before that point, the first two goals for them had been those, um, dominant aerial goals, which is where they are really strong. Um, it was fantastic. I thought, I thought Ross Barkley a player who I know fairly well from over the years um, has started to show over the last month that he is somebody who actually is willing to graft and willing, and he has the fight to go out there and say, actually, I'm a bit of a player here. I might've been invisible for the last three to four years, but actually I can still, uh, I can still create problems for really good uh, defensive midfielders and centre backs. Um, And he was a real key player in creating that, that kind of occasional chaos for Luton. But there's also that, detail of you know as you, you've referenced the number of chances that uh, that arsenal have and they do shoot from outside the box they do try from greater distance and many of them are half and quarter chances um which were, were less likely to be scored than scored but it's still that lack of a lack of a real true um finisher in the box who who which they're missing that's the, that's what they're short of but they do have fights
1: well, we've got all those games to come this morning: uh, Villa, Man City, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Liverpool, Fulham, Forest, Brighton, Brentford, and then the late kickoff is uh, it's it's train wreck versus Trash Fire, Manchester United versus Chelsea. How do, <laughs> how do you see this going?
0: It's wonderful, isn't it? I mean this this is this is the perfect it's the perfect match in this situation at, at, at this current time with how things are going for the clubs. Um, Manchester United are, are on an, on a, a bit of a shocker really as far as their home form is concerned. I'm trying to think what their what their recent record is, but um, I think it's 3 of their last 5 home Premier League matches. That's Premier League matches. Um they've lost. And that's absolutely incredible. This is theater of dreams, this is the fortress that is Old Trafford and they've lost 3 of their past 5 Premier League Premier League home matches if they if they lose a fourth one a fourth in six um then that's when the pressure is seriously going to be mounting and chelsea have got the players who can create these problems for them of course man united are still missing uh, a number of uh, key defenders some of them uh, allegedly the um, the likes of rafa varan um, it's because of certain issues behind uh, and around, behind the scenes. Lisandro Martinez, who's probably the most important centre-back, is also missing um, and has been long-term. Still no Casemiro, no Ericsson. I mean, they're missing a number of players. But they do have some of those grafters and battlers back. I expected when Luke Shaw returned, and he's looked good, but I expected when Luke Shaw returned, that would make a big difference to the back line. But at left-back rather than at centre-back. Uh, and the big news from today is that uh, uh, Harry Maguire, uh, the much maligned Harry Maguire is the Premier League player of the month for November. So that's a real big <laughs> thing for his confidence, even though there was a bit of a campaign behind the scenes by Manchester United to get people to vote really, really big and back Maguire. Um, as far as Chelsea are concerned, they've they've got Rhys James back. Uh, they're going to be missing Connor Gallagher because of suspension. Um, but they've got a lot of their players now available. Uh, and even though uh, they they haven't got a great record against United in recent times, um, I think something like um, it's more than ten games since Chelsea have last beaten um, have last beaten Manchester United, um, and that was at home. I think Chelsea have got a real chance tonight, and the pressure is massively on. Uh, if I had to predict a result in this, I would certainly be backing Chelsea out of the two.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. If Chelsea can keep our players on the pitch, they've got the worst record in the Premier League in terms of discipline. How's <laughs> this? 14 games, they've got picked up 47 yellow cards and three reds.
0: Yeah. yeah they're absolutely. not Millwall. They, they have what's got- going on? <laughs> no no and and they've and they've got a lot of players a lot of running players the midfield you wouldn't look at it particularly and say it's that uh that's cynical in the way that it plays but there is a, there is a little bit of desperation in the structure quite often their midfielders are chasing back and, and just trying to nick a ball because they've been dragged out of position by the, the formation and by the kind of attacking nature of their attacking three so um yeah, there, there are there is there are those desperate moments, and the fact that you've got um, Rhys James coming back from a suspension, and now you've got Conor Gallagher suspended, um, alarm bell should be ringing a little bit about the structure. I do wonder about Thiago Silva about how long he can he can continue to play at the level that's expected of him um, as uh, as a centre-half and as a centre-half who's relied on pace for so many years um, he's increasingly not able to get around in the way that he was and we've seen him beaten for movement over the first five yards a few times this season um, further red cards and yellow cards could well follow it's just a very open formation that they play um, and and personally I think I would have Levi will always playing at centre-half and then one of the the forty five options that they've got at centre half to be coming in and playing occasionally as rotation with Thiago Silva to to mean that he has those fresher legs for the bigger games.
2: Hey Matt, just, just quickly on in regards to fanfare and, and fans having their event, opinion and what's going on in terms of football, there's been a huge shift here in terms of the way the referees have been handled from a uh, from a fan's point of view. Have you seen major adjustments from footballing world and, and how holding fans accountable for some of the vile and trolling that goes on in terms of social media
0: not much no um yeah. there, i mean there is there's been there's been a pushback um from howard webb who's head of the uh, um, the pgmol and the um, and the, the officials in this country uh and there's been a, an attempt to re-grab the narrative um with a, a regular program that's running uh, in the uk where Howard Webb speaks to Michael Owen, former player, and they uh, they investigate and they explore the reasons why um, certain decisions have been taken, and you get some audio then from um, from key moments and, and uh, big moments where VAR is yeah. being used to explain. So often the the issue with football. And I'm not panning the knowledge of fans because many fans are very informed on this, but it's the fact that the fans don't understand the rules to the depth that the referees yep. do. That's the kind of a key detail. But when you have moments like what happened with the Manchester City match at the weekend when Jack Grealish is herring away uh, and mm-hmm. the referee has blown the whistle, has called the game back, and there isn't that explanation in depth and in detail from officials to say, this is why this has happened, to justify and to explain, it creates massive problems. Um, so you, you, you find all kinds of um horrible messages online directed at officials and there needs to be more yeah. to be done, at, done to address that. I know that um that senior figures um in the British game or in the English game, shall I say, and and, and across Britain, um there it is being it is being continually um looked into um with protection for the referees. The problem is um that the, there is so many access points now um uh, to the information about referees but also to it also to about uh ways of expressing that and like and building this kind of storm of anger against officials um you're seeing at the moment with the uh, uh, the uh, the cards being held up at uh, Goodison Park for the, for the previous um, for for the match against Manchester United after they were they had ten points taken off their uh, off their total it was all it was all calling that it was uh, it was a, a conspiracy and it's a corrupt uh, Premier League all of this all of these pink signs with the Premier League logo and corrupt written underneath it there is there's a genuine belief among a lot of fans that the world is against them um, and and that that creates a lot of rage and anger but there needs to be an to that by officials to be addressing those things and not just ignoring when things are happening.
2: Doesn't help when an influential figure like Jose Mourinho is doing what he does post-match. That doesn't set a great example in terms of referees being treated uh, fairly. Mate, Matt, we appreciate you coming on the show and uh, and sharing your knowledge on the EPL, everything football. Thank you so much. I'm sure you'll be welcome back to Eric Ten Hag's press conferences and if not, mate, (laughs) uh, you just better pick your words wisely. <laughs> no, yeah, thanks absolutely. very much.
1: will yeah, t-
0: I'll, t- I'll take it as a warning.
1: Cheers. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Matt. There you go, uh, Matt Reed, with us uh, talking some English Premier League and some of your big games this morning, Izzy. And uh, I tell mm. you what, I reckon, I reckon there is some coin to be made on this morning's games because I don't think uh, they're in a the run at the moment. I think of eight games in thirty days because there's heaps of mm-hmm. games um, coming into Christmas. I mean, a lot of these teams only played two days ago. Uh, as I mentioned, Brentford are paying 3.75 to beat Brighton. Brighton got 10 players out, either suspended or injured, including their captain, Lewis okay. Dunk. So I think that's a, that's an option. Or well, you could look at the draw at 3.75. Wouldn't be too bad either. Bournemouth are in pretty good form. They go to Palace. They're still paying 3.30. I don't mind that. And Villa hmm. are paying $4.50. They're at home to Man City. And the guy that runs Man City's midfield and, and, and screens their defence is Rodri, and he's suspended for the game. Are you throwing a wee multi-out? Well, I don't know if I'd multi them, but I'd I'd look at it because I don't know all, <laughs> I don't know if all three would come in, but I would look because at those you're, individually.
2: You're usually getting riveted. Which yes. one would you take out? What do I want to take out? Ah, uh, probably.
1: It's a really tough question, actually. Maybe the Bournemouth one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're going Brentford to beat Brighton, mm-hmm. Villa to beat Man City.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Have a, look Have a look at, at
2: that. that.